Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 17. Renewing the rivalry with Maddie and Smitty. Brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. And download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And Smitty has some info about our partnership with ESPN+. Plus. Sure, you can watch the Bruins on ESPN Plus by signing up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com on their website. I have ESPN Plus, and I love it. All the out-of-market hockey games, college hockey, soccer, college basketball, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. And we are happy to have a special guest today. As Michael DiPietro of the Maine Mariners joins us. Michael, good to have you on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, no, no problem at all. Um, so just to, to get into it, when you were traded to Boston as part of the Jackson Nika deal, um, just sort of as a human being, what, what's that like to sort of have to uproot your life and move to, from, from that area all the way to Portland, Maine? And, and, and what, what goes through your mind, I guess, when that happens? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was certainly a whirlwind. Um, yeah. You know, from just a logistical standpoint, uh, you know, just waiting on visas and stuff to actually be able to come to the States and, and play hockey. So I was waiting about two weeks. Um, so I was skating by myself for a few days out in Abbotsford. And then um, I finally had enough <laughs> enough being alone. So I called my folks and uh, I was like, I'm driving home. I'm like, this is enough. And I'll just skate when I get, uh, you know, when I get back to Amherstburg, Windsor area. So um, then skated with the Spitfire, skated with the university team, just trying to, you know, keep busy the best I could. Um, the drive home, that's a whole different story in itself. It was a nightmare. But anyways, I got myself home. And uh, just like the small logistical things that, you know, sure. people really don't grasp or, or have an understanding of. But uh, I was certainly excited for, obviously, a, a fresh opportunity, just, you know, a, a new environment. And it was pretty funny being traded for, a fellow teammate of mine that, you know, we were buddies growing up playing triple A yeah. together. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was pretty funny. It came full circle and, and we had a chuckle mm-hmm. over it too. So that's good. Yeah. So the Bruins have had a, uh, have a history of developing uh, goaltenders over the years, you know, uh, and have some good goalie prospects now. Um, why do you think the organization is so successful with uh, kind of developing or helping to develop goalies? You know, just uh, I've only been here for a couple months, but, um, you know, for, for myself, uh, I, I just try to take a little bit from um, everywhere that I go. I try to learn, add tools to the toolbox. And, you know, the, the one thing which is kind of fresh is, you know, they just kind of let you play. You know, they kind of let you find your game, you know, within the structure that they're kind of teaching you. And, um, you know, they give you advice and pointers uh, here and there, but they don't try to morph you into something that you're not they kind of uh really rely or want you to rely on your strengths and your tools that have brought you here so far and um you know it's kind of a, a kind of a breath of fresh air and then i've always been one just to put my head down and put the work in so um that's just kind of who i am now you certainly found your game eight and one uh with the main mariners the you know mariners are, are, are real hot since since thanksgiving um you know, when you would join the organization what did they you know, what is their expectation of you? Is there a, you know, a timetable? Is there certain progress they want to see you make? What's kind of uh, your path uh, when it comes to the organization? 
Uh, to be honest with you, we really didn't have that conversation. They just kind of stressed about the importance of me having games. Mm. Um, obviously, my first game played this season was uh, towards the end of November, so it was a few right. months, and unfortunately, uh, I've kind of been used to having uh, long stints without playing hockey games. You know, back in COVID year, I spent like 417 days between games, so wow. um, it was just uh, it's an unfortunate circumstance. Um but for myself, you know, that was the cards that were kind of dealt to me. And um, to be honest, I'm not really paying attention to expectations or, you know, what, what they think versus what I think. I'm, I'm a very impatient person. I want things done yesterday. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to play in the NHL for 15 years, win a Stanley Cup, and that's everybody's goal. And I think, uh, you know, a tough pill for me was, uh, you know, so, some people have a different road to get there. And, uh I think the season's taught me that that's okay. And mm-hmm. especially being here in Maine, that's taught me to love the game again, which is uh, really something that's kind of drifted away the last couple of years thanks to COVID and other factors that we don't got to get into. But, you know, being around here, being around my teammates, um, making, you know, new friends, but also just competing and battling on the ice. And, you know, I'm, I'm just one that is his best when, you know, you're having fun, you're smiling, you're playing regular games and, you know, just getting into a rhythm. And I think that's anything a goalie would, would want. So uh, I'm just grateful for my opportunity here. And, you know, whether you play in the NHL or play somewhere, it's, you know, you're playing hockey. So that's uh, sure. when you boil it all down. So uh, you're in you're in Maine now. Maine's known, uh, you know, for all the breweries and stuff. Are you a beer guy? You enjoying the... Uh... <laughs> Are they, they frown on that up there? Or, I mean, what's what's going on? No, I, I like to hydrate, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, everything's obviously within reason. But uh, sure, sure. Um, during, during the year, with our schedule, a lot of three and three. So not a lot of uh, time early to do that, especially down the back half here. We have a lot of games coming up. So sure. um, I guess we'll, you know, we'll do the celebrating when, uh, you know, when we win in June. I think you know that that's when you celebrate. You don't really celebrate yeah. too too much during the year. You have your fun, but you know right. responsibly. Uh, right, <laughs> you, get, you get the most. You got the most breweries per capita in the country, I believe. So, not that not that you're counting. Eh? Not that no, I'm counting. Count. No, I mean I, I live like twenty, you know, twenty miles from there. So, but I'm not counting. Um, so, so your coach uh, Terrence Wallen, we had him on the on the podcast and. He dropped his fake teeth for us. Do you have any uh, <laughs> any teeth or body parts on you that drop on a moment's notice? <laughs> no, uh, you know, pe- people say goalies are always the crazy ones, which I really don't get because we're not the ones going to block shots to the cage protecting our right. face. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm knocking on wood right now that I have all my chiclets and you know I need all the help I can get with the looks, as my girlfriend yeah. would say. So um, you know I just kind of. <laughs> hold them together as long as I can, I guess. Yeah. Well, he said it was friendly fire in practice. He got, he got a puck. Uh, yeah. It's more right so yeah, the, yeah. things happen. Fluke, fluke instance more so in practice than they're doing a game. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, Vancouver has been in the news a little bit with the whole Bruce Boudreaux situation and how they kind of handled that. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on how it was handled as, you know, being in that organization, Do you have anything uh, extra to kind of glean from that? Well, I'm, I'm not going to add, any fuel to the fire. I think, uh, you know, I just look back on my time in Vancouver, um, you know, with the people that, that have helped me, um, along the way, uh, you know, Curtis Sanford has been phenomenal, um, helping me not, not only on the ice, but off the ice. And, um, you know, he's, he's having success in Toronto right now. And, um, you know, just everyone that's kind of helped me along the way, 
uh, yeah. over there. And um, obviously it's new people since the people that's drafted me. And, um, you know, for, for me, I just don't really want to comment anything on uh, what's going on there. I just wish my buddies and friends all the best mm-hmm. that's that's out there the studs and Lockie, my roomies uh my buddies in the american league and um yeah i just i just wish everybody nothing but the best because at the end of the day it's a game and mm-hmm. it's a young it's a young man's game who love you know who loves the game and mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day those are the guys that you're going to war with those are the guys you're putting the jersey on with that night and and you know the 20 young guys in locker room are the only guys that you really need to focus on. And, and as a, as a player, you know, you just care about those guys and I just wish everybody nothing but the best. And, you know, I, I hope everything's all good. You know, I hope everything shakes up for, for the best for everybody's sake. Sure. Uh, you know, the Ma- the Mariners have played some really good hockey of late, just two regulation losses since Thanksgiving. What, what do you think has made the team so successful? Um, I, I think, you know, you go down the list, you know, the coaching staff done a phenomenal job keeping, you know, being honest, but also allowing us to, you know, make mistakes and, you know, holding, holding each other accountable. Um, you know, I just think everyone's kind of hitting their stride, gelling as a group. Um, I know a few, a few cliches here and there, but it, it, it's true. When you go to the rink with a smile on your face, you're having fun, not really thinking and, and you start building that in, internal confidence and um whether it be i know for me uh making sure you hit a routine i'm very routine based routine oriented some people call it superstitious i just call it routine um but yeah i think i think when you when you have a good routine base and uh you get into a rhythm uh you have a you have a sense of security and you have something to lean back on when when times get tough in games and uh everybody in the room stepped up uh, there's not one guy that's not pulling their weight and, and there's nobody selfish in our locker room. Everybody just wants to win, do whatever it takes. And um, I think we just want to keep going as a group and we're not really focusing on anything individually at this point. We just want to keep rolling and, and make sure we, we have a good time doing it. Well, I'm sure, uh, you know, when you get on a roll like this, it's really all about the goaltending though, isn't it? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Look, I just stand there and get hit by Fox. <laughs> that's all. That's all our job is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, we appreciate you being on. We wish you guys the best of luck going forward, and um, you know, maybe we'll talk to you down the road sometime. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. All right, we can review January 19th at the Rangers. 3-1 to one win for the Bruins. Jeremy Swayman was the man. Best player all night. Bruins find a way on the second night of a back-to-back. Pavel Zaka gets one early to give the Bees a little cushion. Bergeron extends the lead in the second. And Cliffy Hockey with a goal in the third to put it out of reach. Rangers get a late goal from Harper. His first goal in four years. <laughs> to spoil the shutout for Swayman. Biggest concern is Brandon Carlo, who blocks a shot. Did not return with a lower body injury. Uh, looked like an ankle. Uh, it turns out not to be so serious. He's back in the lineup. And the Bruins improved to 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10 at, the, at that point. Yeah, a nice win. A nice win against the mm-hmm. uh, Rangers team that have been playing really well going into this game. Uh, Bruins, uh, you know, seem to rise to the occasion in games like this uh, against good teams. And uh, Swayman was fantastic in this one. 
Um, you know, Zaka gets one. He's been uh, scoring a little bit of late. Uh, that line's been much better of late. Uh, after all that talk about them being the sixth worst line in the league, they really turned it on yeah. the last uh, <laughs> handful of games. So, you know, and it's happened with Grizzly too. If we badmouth people on this program, uh, they tend to uh, respond. So they must be listening, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that's a trend that we need to continue. Yeah, obviously the team is listening to it in the locker room or something. I don't know. I think so. Staring at us, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, you are correct. Uh, January 26th against the San Jose Sharks. 22nd. 22nd, rather. Yeah. San Jose Sharks four nothing win. Sharks are no match for the Bruins in this one. Timo Meyer pretty much jumps Brandon Carlo early in the game. Doesn't matter. Bruins get two pretty goals by the defensemen Lindholm and McAvoy. Uh, Felino with a great tip <clears throat> and Pasternak, a signature one-timer. Allmark breaks a skate blade, gets pushed to the bench by Taylor Hall. Uh, <laughs> second fastest to 25 wins third, within 30 games. Tiny Thompson did it in 1929-30 in 29 games. Bruins still get the shutout, and it was a fairly easy win. It was a fairly easy win. Uh, the Bruins came to play. The Sharks uh, tried to do some stuff early on. You know, Kylo and uh, who who uh, you know gets jumped there by Timo Meyer. Um, doesn't didn't they tried to uh, kind of up the physicality there early in the game, and uh, it didn't really work out for them. And, and the Bruins kind of uh, kind of cruised in this one. They did, and you know, the Sharks absolutely. No match. They have a couple of good players on the team. It'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline. But um, it was an easy 4 nothing win for Boston. And then on January 24th at Montreal, first meeting between the teams this late in the season, 4-2 to win for Boston. Montreal came out to play. They had beaten Toronto at home previously. Uh, so feeling a little bit better about themselves. They were physical early. Bruins were a little sleepy. Jeremy Swayman and Montalbot. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, Sam Montembeau. Uh, yep, the uh, Montreal goalie, both playing well early. Habs take the lead in the second on a power play, uh, kind of a lucky goal. Puck bounces right, um, for the easy goal, and the Bruins tied on the power play as well. Taylor Hall gets the monkey off his back, first goal in 16 games. Bruins take the lead in the third on a crazy tip and a beauty. Uh, Dodge, uh, again with his second goal, being in the right place at the right time, uh, but. But who else but the captain, Patrice Bergeron, scores the big goal to give the Bees the lead for good. Pasternak ices it with an empty netter. Just kind of a ho-hum four-point night for Pasta. <laughs> Bruins win their sixth in a row. And the first team to 80 points, 38, 5, and 4. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, you should just really be enjoying watching this team play at this point. I mean, uh, just... They very rarely lose. I mean, they just very rarely lose, uh, it, it, and it's just amazing to me that they've they're this far along the season and they have five losses. I mean, they have eighty points. The next closest team uh, at this point in time had sixty six points. I mean, fourteen points clear of the next po closest team in the league. Yeah, their goal insane. differential is above eighty. I mean, they're mm -hmm. just uh, just playing great hockey. Uh, and it's everyone. It's not just one guy. The whole team's playing well. Both the goaltenders are playing well. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just really a pleasure to watch this team at this point in time. Just uh, taking care of a rival is, is always fun as well. You know, there's never been a team in our lifetime that's played, you know, this this well, this type of style that's so entertaining to watch and 
the feeling you, ha- you have that they're just going to win at some point. Like they're just going to win the game. Like it's just, there's almost no real stress involved and there will be coming, you know, coming up in the oh, yeah. season, but there's really no stress involved in watching them play because you just feel like they're going to win every game. Yeah. Like they're, just, ne- they're, just, they're never out of a game. I mean, you know, it just, it's even if, and they, they don't get behind really much no. at all. I mean, uh, you know, maybe a goal here or there, but, um, you know, they don't really fall behind. And even when they do, you're like, Oh, they'll come back. I mean, they'll find a way. And they usually do. They usually do. Yeah. I, I, they fell behind two to one. I thought, you know, they, they're going to score here. And then when, and then in the third period, I mean, they, they're at a plus 43 or whatever it is in the third period, yeah. uh, over the season, which is better than anyone else's goal differential for the year which is insane. And uh, you just thought, you know, third period team, they're going to end up winning it. And Bergeron gets the goal and they, they, you know, they, they uh, finish it off with the empty netter. And you just feel like it's going to happen every single time. Um, all right, Seven Chirps is sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woodsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lobsbrewing.com and follow them at Brewing On social media for new beers and events, number one, could a move at the trade deadline actually disrupt the chemistry, and is that something that concerns you at all it does concern me a little bit i think the only way you have a move that actually disrupts the chemistry is if you're trading you know guys off your nhl roster like if you're if you're trying to get a bull horvat and you have to give up a charlie coil or somebody like that you know is that going to disrupt chemistry It, it may so i mean that is a that is a concern it's a legitimate concern. Uh, but at the same time, I think you really have to weigh the pros and cons of this. And is, is this Krejci and Bergeron's last run? Is this your, is the window going to close after this year? And if so, you have to do everything you can to get these guys a Stanley cup. So if that means, you know, making a really hard decision and trading a guy off your, off your roster, off your, you know, 38, five and four roster, I think you have to seriously consider it. So, um, you know, it is a concern, but in the grand scheme of things, I think you have to make a move to give your team the best chance to win. It is, it is a difficult decision because if you do have to, you know, if you trade like a, I mean, would you really could just trade like a DeBrusque or a Coil or, you know, to, to try to upgrade the team? It, it is kind of a concern that you've disrupted it enough to actually cause yourself to lose like it's in in the team right now in the long, I'm sure the team loves the team right now. I mean, what's not to love? I'm sure the players love the team and I'm sure if you asked most of them, if not all of them, they would say, yeah, we're good. Like we're good like this. Like we can, we can do this. And, and you wouldn't blame them because they're 38, five and four, like, but you know, do you, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you could get a depth piece and just kind of roll with it. Or do you really go out and try to get a Horvat or a Larkin or someone that's really like a higher end player? And now you have to give up a roster player or two. And it's, you know, it creates, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do. I'm, I'm sure you could sit right now with what you have and then try to go for it. But then if you don't, let's say you don't win, let's say you lose in the second round. And then people will say, well, why didn't you go and get this guy or that guy? So it's really kind of a, a difficult situation to be in. 
Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, all right. Trip to Bruce Cassidy uh, says that Jack Eichel is not being the offensive force. He, he was to start the season and they need more from him. Here we go again, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Bruce, uh, his coaching Scott style, I think um, rubs guys the wrong way. I mean, it mm-hmm. certainly did here after some time. Uh, here it took some time, probably because of the culture in the room. But I think in other locations, you know, that don't have that built-in, you know, leadership group that you get with Bergeron and Marchand and and you know Chara started and so forth. Uh, I think it's a little bit more of a tough sell, like coming in, calling guys out right away. I'm sure there's talk around the league. I'm sure you know Eichel being from he- here, he knows guys locally. Mm-hmm. So he's probably talked to some of the Bruins players about Cassidy. And, uh, you know, are there glowing reviews? The way things ended, I'm, I'm not so sure there are. So, um, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, he's calling him out in the media, I don't think is the best play. I think the way Montgomery handles things around here is a little bit, a little bit nicer, a little bit more friendly to the players where it's always a we. You know, we could have been better. We could have had a better first. He's not necessarily calling guys out specifically. It's more of a team-based thing. And and I think uh, the players like that. They they like that, you know, behind closed doors, he may call them out and say, you know, you need to be better. You made a mistake in this situation, whatever it is. But but uh, they keep that in-house. And I, and I think uh, the way he handles it probably is a little bit better, at least from the player's perspective, than than the way Cassidy handles things. And, you know, Cassidy obviously is not changing. And I think that that's really the fascinating part of this is that he, he was he was let go because it grew thin on the Bruins players. And now he's gone into the Golden Knights and right out of the gate with Phil Kessel. I mean, he was out. He was outspoken on Kessel early on, even in his in his game streak, uh, you know, talking about Kessel and and sitting him for large chunks of games and so forth. And now he's on Eichel. And it's really funny how he's just not changing. Like, this is what this is what he does this is how he handles it. So it's I find it fascinating that he hasn't at least tweaked it somewhere. He doesn't do it in the in the media, but he he has no qualms doing it. So it's it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Golden Knights, and they haven't been very good the last month, six weeks nope. at all. So um, yeah, it's interesting uh, to see where that's going to go. Um, all right, chirp number three, Fallout Boy will be at the NHL All Star Game. Big Fallout Boy guy, are you? <laughs> You know yeah. what? I I I actually because uh, I knew we were going to talk about this. I actually looked it up, and you know what? I I'm not being a big fall. I wouldn't say big fallout boy guy, but I'm a fallout boy guy. Sure, they have uh, that song yeah, Centuries. Yeah, yeah. they have yeah. that song Sugar We're Going Down, which yeah. I which I like, and Thanks for the yeah. Memories. So they have some hits. So uh, I'm okay with I'm okay with that. But but fallout boy is really more of like a. That's like a 90s, early 2000s band. It's not a band from now. So that's really my biggest problem with the NHL and their selection of music and the way they handle, uh, you know, the glitz and glamour of, of all-star games and weekends and the winter classic and things like that. They're about 20 to 25 years behind the times. Yeah. Uh, maybe, that, maybe that's because Canada's 20 to 25 years. No, I'm just kidding. All my right. Canadian friends. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Right. Um, but yeah, the NHL g- generally speaking uh, is not on the hip scale. They're not no. current. They don't know the current uh, musical groups and artists. Uh, so fall up boy seems to be, 
perfect for the for the all-star game uh if you're going by the nhl being about 20 20 years or so behind the times you know the, the nhl is like the state of maine of professional sports like we're like we're finally now listening to follow up boy it's like number one on the main charts you know it's you know but i i did listen to some follow up boy on spotify i went yeah. right to it sure and it was like i probably know a couple i knew like five or six songs yeah yeah Pretty good, you know, for good hits. I mean, they're solid hits. Sure. Um, and it's one of those groups where you're like, I've heard these songs a million times and yeah. I just didn't know it was Fallout Boy right. or anybody or Fallout Girl or any of those. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's, it is funny how now Fallout Boy must have been on, you know, NHL 20, actually, no, NHL 96 or 97, one of those video games, like, you know, those songs they play. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fallout Boy, Fall Boy was definitely on one of the video game soundtracks, 100%. Yeah. But they're not getting like the weekend. They're not getting like no, Super Bowl no, no. They, that's well. That's the thing talent. is is the other no. thing. They're not gonna they're not gonna pay an artist of today the the going rate. You know, they're not no. gonna get a Taylor Swift or a no or the weekend or a, you know no. I don't know Machine Gun Kelly. I don't. I don't. They should know. they should just get like Brian Adams. He's, he's Canadian. <laughs> he like, is Canadian. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Somebody like that. Like just somebody or some medley of you know Journey and Ario Speedwagon. You know, just everybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, follow up boy will be there at the all star game. Uh, chirp number four Would you deal Fabian Lysel in a package for either Bo Horvat or Dylan Larkin or someone? Yeah, 100%. I would. I would too. Because, I would because too. It's, it's a proven guy versus a, a prospect. And we, we talk about this, you know, all the time. It's like, you know, you can go back to the Red Sox. You know, would you trade. You know, Carl Pavano, who is a high, highly touted Red Sox pitching pro- prospect for Pedro Mar- Martinez. Of course you would. Right. Of course you would. Because Pedro Martinez has done it. So that's, this, that's the same thing I'll take into this. You know, Borja, Bo Horvat has 30 goals. Dylan Larkin is a proven NHL player uh, who's mm-hmm. been an all-star. So, yeah, 100% you trade Fabian Lysel for either of those guys. I mean, I don't think Detroit will trade um, Larkin within the division. So I think that's kind of wishful thinking a little bit. I think, you know, if he trades them, it's going to be either to the, you know, Metropolitan Division or, or the uh, the Western Conference. But, um, you know, if if you can get a Bull Horvat or someone like that for Fabian Lysel, you 100% do it. 100%. Yeah, and I'm with you. I mean, I just, again, you're trying to win the cup. You're trying to make that, that deal. You're not trading someone off the roster. You're trading a guy, yeah, a prospect who might be pretty good. But think, look at all the other prospects that they, you know, I tweeted out last night, like, who's missing Neurovacanainen right now? You know, while Hampus Lindholm has a plus 34. You know, it's just, you know, I mean, you, you know, who's missing Anders Bjork right now? And all I heard about was how Bjork needs to get another chance. Like, for God's sakes, like Carson Kuhlman and, you know, I mean, all these guys, like, you, you just, you, you deal for the proven guy. And, and Lysel, if he's better than Dylan Larkin, then that's pretty damn good. But I don't think the odds of him being better than like a Dylan Larkin are, are slim. Absolutely. So let's so let's let's just go for the guy and go for the cup. And there's a guy that in Horvat or in Larkin that you might be able to re up, and it solves some of your future problems too. So I definitely go. I definitely put Lysel in any of those because you just don't know what you're going to get from him at the NHL level. Uh, Chirp five. Should the Bruins get some minor center depth? Thomas Nosek went out for four to six weeks or so with fractured fibula. So what what do you do there? Do you get a depth piece at center? 
I mean, if you if you can and it will improve the team, uh, and you you don't have to give away much, I would say yes, you you should do that. Um, I have been pleasantly surprised with the play of Unikopanen, though. I thought he was, right. um, you know, pretty reliable defensively. He makes some plays down low. He seems to fit in pretty well uh, in that fourth line with with Felino and and uh, Greer. So um, I don't really have a problem with him getting some time. I think, you know, he was a kind of he's kind of a four A guy. I would I would say, but um, you know, f- for a fill in role, I don't I don't mind him there. So if you if you have to give up too much to get that center depth, unless you're going big. Um, then I'm okay with them trying to fill it with Copenin or, you know, they called up Mark McLaughlin for the, for the road trip. So I don't mind them trying to fill it with those guys. Uh, in the meantime, you do have, uh, quite a cushion, um, in the standings. So you don't have to make any kind of knee jerk move where you're, uh, you know, stuck behind the eight ball where you're going out and you're overpaying for a guy. You, you have a luxury there with a little bit of a cushion that you can ride some of these younger guys, maybe see what they have. And, and uh, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, falling back in the standings or, or, you know, possibly missing the playoffs. Like you're going to be in the playoffs. So you have a chance to maybe ride some of these younger guys and, and see what you have there. You know, and from what I see at Carpenter right, Carpenter right now, he's, yeah, he's pretty good on the dot, and he's been he's been pretty you know decent. You know, I you know the thing with Nosek is I, I I'm not as high on Nosek as some other people are. I mean, they seem to be really high on his penalty killing and his he is good on the you know his face offs and so forth. And he's a decent fourth line center. Is he irreplaceable or you know no? Like I I think you could put some other guy there to do that, and I think Coffin has been fine there. So I think he's kind of been a a 2.0 Nosek kind of clone mm-hmm. to him. I don't think Nosek provides anything out of the ordinary no. that a guy like Kaufman could give you. So he's a pretty good backup. Now, would you want to upgrade Nosek to be even better than a Nosek? I wouldn't mind it. I mean, we talked about, you know, a guy like uh, Sean Monaghan the the last week, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone who might be able to put a little bit more offensive production together or something and maybe give you a little more there. But um, right now, I don't see any real difference between Nosek and, and Kaufman, to be honest with you. Um, all right, number six. With the Carlo injury scare, do you think adding defensive depth is more important than adding forward depth at the trade deadline? I, I, think, um, I think it is more important, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you would, you would like to see the center help. Um, and that's still an issue they're going to have to address at some point in the near future. Um, so uh, with that being said, though, I think, you know, they roll through defensemen. Defensemen, you know, you have some guys, too, that have some injury history uh, with uh-huh. Kylo with the concussions. Grizzlick's missed time with shoulder. McAvoy, you know, McAvoy and Grizzlick both missed the beginning of the year. You know, Lindholm missed some time uh, last year when he got concussed. So, um, right. you know, defensemen... You need to have depth there. Yeah, it. You just. I, I feel like you can't make it full of th- uh, through a full season um, just playing six guys. Like it's just it's impossible uh, in the NHL yeah. to to do that. So I think the more um, you know, better defensive depth you have, the better off you'll be. Um, so you know, if you lose Kylo for any length of time, like he's been playing really well lately. 
uh, you know, plus whatever, plus 10 or 14 in his last, you know, month or so. So um, right. I just feel like um, you really need to add to your defensive depth for the stretch run. And I think that is more important than your forward group because you have guys, you know, you, you have the, the depth spread out through the lines uh, and you're getting scoring from all the lines. So I think defensive depth is uh, more important at this point. Yeah, and I, I agree. And, and I I look at Carlo, who's missed postseasons in the past, and I look at Grizzlick and the questions about the physicality of the postseason. Look at those two guys as two guys that I'm kind of maybe not concerned about, but guys I need to keep an eye on. So I, I agree with you. I, I think I'd go – I think I'd go um, – look, if you lose one of your big – you know, you lose Bergeron or – Pasternak or someone you're screwed anyway yeah <laughs> so I just go defensive depth and uh and hope that I can shore that up so I don't get you know out physicaled uh in the postseason again uh all right in trip number seven Bruce Boudreau is finally fired by Vancouver after being a lame duck for a few games you know what was that and it was it was really kind of a complete embarrassment and I think it really boiled down to talk it who was named the coach having to give a, I guess a four week notice to TNT. Yeah. And they wanted to make the move and uh, didn't why they didn't just fire Boudreaux and have an interim, the assistant be the interim. They stink anyway. Just, just do it. I don't, I don't understand it at all. Yeah. They botched it. I mean, they really botched it and they seem to be botching all the important kind of decisions there. Um, so I don't really know how much longer the general manager can stay uh, to, and stay there with the way that he's handled things. I think there's probably um, going to be a move, I would think, after the end of the season. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I guess Tockett's going to sign a long-term deal or has signed a long-term deal, so he's going to be there for a while. But I don't, I don't know how you don't fire the general manager inserted an interim have an interim coach and then after the season's over you start fresh like I don't I don't know why that wasn't the play uh that seems like to me what should have happened you know you go into the lottery you pick, get a high pick you figure some stuff out you start fresh with a new GM with a new with a new head coach and then you go from there you know maybe you luck out and you get Connor Bedard who knows um right. but uh the way he's handled this the way he's handled the Horvat thing the, the the scratch with Horvat uh, earlier in the season when it was like cancer night and his you know his dad has cancer but he's scratched and then he wasn't scr- like I don't know if I'm not 100 percent sure it was Horvat I think it may have been but um, there was a player on I the Canucks yeah I, th- I, think I think it was, it was. Um, yeah. that uh, so the way that that all was handled like oh, terrible Besser oh yeah. Besser right Brock Besser, Besser. yeah it was Brock Besser, uh, um, yeah. So the way that he's handled some of these things within the organization and then the contract uh, extension negotiations with, with Horvat and, and uh, I don't know, it just seems to me that they don't really have a plan and they don't really uh, have like a, a, a really good direction from up top. So I feel like, right. you know, it should have been handled much, much differently than it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they have Jackson Nick on the first line because sure. his uh, minus, minus six and his six points are really, uh, he's finally getting his shot. And thank God, because the Bruins made a horrific decision by, you know, trading Jackson Nick. <laughs> we miss him desperately. Um, 
Yeah, I agree with that. Just you know, Vancouver's been a dumpster fire from the beginning when they when they were blowing three goal leads to to Besser situation to you know to the JT Miller extension where now Miller is dogging it half the time and it's just like it's just a mess and it's just you know the locker room's a mess. You know, players are crying with Boudreaux leaving and how he was treated and it's just it's just the, it, you almost have to blow the whole thing up. I wouldn't be surprised if two or three of those guys were traded by the deadline and it was just completely blown up in tank city, uh, for Vancouver. It's just gotta, they gotta restart it. Um, all right. Beauties and benders, the three beauties for this week, beauty number three, Jeremy Swayman. going to love you. eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Sway's been terrific after being sort of up and down a little bit beginning of the year, but uh, Allmark and Swayman are now the top tandem in the league, both like they're in the top five and statistically in the league and uh, headed for a Jennings headed for maybe a Vesna for, for Allmark and, and Swayman now with his play, you know, he's, he's an RFA at the end of the year. There's an interesting, uh, turn of events going on there at the end of the year i think yeah they're, they're gonna have to figure something out there and, and like i've said before i don't think you give up on them i think goalies uh in general are you know gold especially if you have right. you know decent prospects uh bruins have a bunch of goalie prospects now goalie bob is some kind of uh miracle worker uh, yes. and uh, has worked wonders with, with the, the goalies at the NHL level. And uh, so I feel like, you know, Swayman's going to get paid maybe, you know, and maybe now a little bit more than you wanted to give him earlier in the season. Uh, so the Bruins have some really, really tough choices uh, coming up going into next year. You know, obviously Pasternak and, and Swayman and, you know, Connor Clifton's going to be looking for a, a bunch of money and then you have some guys yeah. deals that are expiring. So you're going to have to fill some of those spots. So um, yeah, they have some, some tough choices coming up. I would not be surprised if in the off season Swayman is traded. I would not be surprised at all. I, I wouldn't because that's a guy, if he's going to continue to play like this, that's a guy who might be coveted around the league as a young goalie to go with, I wouldn't be surprised if they can replenish some prospect pool, uh, with Swayman. Um, now, if, now traded. let me, let me ask you this. Would, would you, if, if Allmark happens to win, uh, the Vezina, would you trade Allmark instead of Swayman coming off his best season ever being an older guy, an older goalie and still having, you know, a few years on a contract that's, you know, relatively inexpensive, you know, could you get more for a Vezina goalie coming off a tremendous season, um, maybe selling at an all-time high there? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd explore trading Allmark. I mean, I know he has some no movements in there and stuff, and a certain, I think there's a, a trade list he provides and so forth now in the offseason. I would because, you know, and then if you if Swayman, if you could get Swayman in a similar type of deal to Allmark, I would because you might be able to get quite a haul for Almark if he's the Vesner Trophy winner, and you win the cup. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he's got a team. He's got a friendly deal for what two more years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would if you could get a nice little haul for him, and you could sign Swayman at a similar type of deal you have Almark at, which you should be able to, I would assume. So yeah, I I would. I mean, I. 
I definitely would. I'd trade one of them. I would really explore what I could get for, for either one of those guys because you can't spend 10 million bucks on goalies. You know, it's just not at this, not at this rate, not with their salary cap issues. So something's got to give there. And I think you explore trading one of them, especially if you win the cup. See, if I think if you win the cup, you have a little more leeway to be a little freaky. You know what I mean? To do a little funky stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you've won the cup. Now you can kind of, you know, you can kind of make a bold move or two to try to get, to try to stay relevant, to try to stay pretty good and, in the content, it kind of out, you know, just around the contender uh, area uh, going forward. So I think you can. I think you can make you can make a trade or two that's kind of kind of a sh- send shockwaves. I think you can if you if you win the cup. If you don't, then geez, you're you're still in that like oh god, do we does, do we convince Bergeron and Krejci to come back? Do we? I mean, how long do we try to do this? So. But I would. I'd see what I could get for either one of those goalies. Um, all right, beauty number two, David Pasternak. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Uh, Four-point night against Montreal, 37 goals, 69 points. Hashtag pay him. Yes, pay the man. Pay him. Oh, my goodness. Pay him. At this point, I'm ready to give the guy a blank check. Like, if he wants, yeah. you know, 13 and a half, give it right. to him. Like, just, right. just pay it. Get it settled. Uh, so we don't, we can stop talking about this, and uh, he can be here for a long, long time. Get it so, done. So, so Rich Keefe uh, was on his program. He was the one who said that it was nearing a deal mm-hmm. a few weeks back, 8 at 88. And he went on his program recently and tried to explain the situation. And he said that beginning of the year, Bruins went like 8 at 9 apiece, so just under McAvoy. Mm-hmm. And then he said no, and they said, how about 8 at 88? And they agreed to it, the Parsonar camp. And then shortly after, they came back and said, how about this instead? And that's where the impasse kind of happened. So it was it was kind of on the table and kind of handshake agreement. And then Parsonar's camp kind of said, well, how about a little bit more? And that's kind of where the disconnect was. And we've heard reports almost every day that it's it's closer, it's closer, it's closer. What the hell they're talking about? I have no idea. Like, you either have a number or you don't. Like, I don't get it. So um, I think it's coming near now. But it's just interesting to me that Pasternak, who's always said that money isn't the number one thing behind us, you know, the whole contract situation, and how the money has become the number one thing. Well, I mean, the Bruins kind of botched it because they went in at nine when they shouldn't have. They should have gone in more than that. Right. And yeah. so it was kind of a low ball thing. And then they said 11. And then he, and then he started off gangbusters. He started off hot. And everybody's right. like, pay the guy, pay the guy, pay the guy. Right. So they fucked it up. I mean, they yeah. dropped the ball. If they had come in in the offseason or in the preseason eight at 88 he agrees boom it's signed before the season even starts he doesn't get off to that start that he's gotten off to and and you have him under contract now it's probably going to cost you more which it should because he's because he got off to and he has all the leverage he knows you can't let him walk he has all the leverage you have nothing if you had done it right from the beginning he would be here for less money. It's the same with the Red Sox. If they had done the Mookie Betts thing or Xander Bogarts thing right from the beginning, those players would still be here. Right. But they didn't, 
They fucked it up. They lowballed, and it cost them. Cost them yeah. in the Red Sox case. It cost them the players. In this case, I don't think it's going to cost them the player, but it's going to cost them some money when you're already strapped up against the top of the cap. You know, yeah. they fucked it up. They made a mistake. Yeah, and I think that you know they tend to set the bar like Krejci and Rasko making seven, and everybody slid under seven. Like Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak, all just under seven, and they kind of did the same thing. And I think you even mentioned it early on in the season, like McAvoy is going to be like the bar, and everybody's going to be underneath McAvoy. And they tried to do it with Pasternak, and it just, it just. It wasn't going to happen. I know they really had wishful thinking that Pasternak was going to take another friendly deal and stand yeah. under that. Mm-hmm. And it just isn't, it isn't happening. It's just not happening. So I, I and you know what, rightfully so. I mean, Pasternak's one of the great goal scorers in the game. He's going to score. He could score 70 goals. Yeah. Like why would he, why would he take less than, you know, far less than some other guys? I mean, mine is making 11 and Panera's making 12 and, you know, yeah. and Pasternak can say, wait a minute, I can make at least 12. 12 and a half. Yeah, I mean the the the, the fact that they offered him less than 10 is a, is in my opinion it's like a slap in the face. Like it is. all the all the other top scorers in the league make more than 10. So you can't go less than 10. I mean it's just like like I said it's a slap in the face and it, and it's yeah. going to end up costing them some money. Yeah. Uh all right, beauty number 1, Linus Almark. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. He's just been outstanding. I mean, he's, what is he, 22, 2 and 1 or something? I mean, he's just like, he's been sensational. He's up uh, number one in all of the categories, should win the Vesna. He's the all star goaltender. Um, and it's kind of been out of nowhere this year where he's really become the top goaltender in the league after having kind of a shaky postseason where Swayman took the job. Uh, but credit to Allmark for being just fantastic and credit to Sweeney for having the foresight. I don't think he thought he'd be a Vesna candidate, <laughs> but he saw something in Allmark early on uh, to, to bring him on <clears throat> on a deal at the time was kind of a head scratcher when he had Swayman in the mix, uh, but it's been the right move. Yeah. He's, he's just, I mean, you can't say enough good things about the guy. He's been their best player uh, for the majority of the season. Uh, He's made huge stop after huge stop. There's been games when the Bruins have been sleepwalking and he's kept them in it. And then they find a way to win late. Like it's, he's just been, uh, you know, their MVP, uh, especially early in the season when they were missing some guys, like he just, he, he was really, really good. Uh, Swayman went through a, a stretch there where he kind of slumped a little bit and, and Allmark stood tall and took more of the workload. Uh, he's just been fantastic from, from beginning to end. And, and hopefully that play continues all the way through the end of June. Oh, I, I mean, I hope so. And, and I think that, um, um, you know, he has, he had this, this probably been a 10 to 12 games where he, where they could have lost half of those if it wasn't for Allmark uh, at the beginning of the game. So, Good for him. Absolutely. So now we're going to move on to the uh, benders. These are uh, people or uh, organizations who uh, <laughs> don't really do things the right way. So uh, number three, the Vancouver Canucks. Ah, the bender. They really fumbled this Bruce Boudreaux uh, situation, having him be a lame duck, and and the players are, you know, crying and the fans are chanting and like, I mean, it's just just an absolute mess. Like you said with the talkit thing, it probably was with the TNT uh, having to give him enough notice for the out clause, uh, but 
to 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 just have him be a lame duck there for the last you know three four five days or whatever is just an absolute joke and and Vancouver really should be ashamed of themselves. Oh, they should. It was awful. Uh, the number two bender is Timo Meyer. Ah, the bender. Uh, so he he got all hot and bothered at Brandon Kylo in the beginning of the game the other night for. No particular reason uh, at all. Just kind of uh, sat on top of him, started giving him some, some, uh, giving him the business. The so business. It, yeah, giving him yeah. the business, and and Kylo took exception and dropped the gloves, which was nice to see. A little short fuse from Brando, which you don't you don't usually yeah. see from him. Uh, yeah. But tell you what, I wouldn't mind the Bruins uh, going out and getting Timo Meyer because he is a very good hockey player. So uh, I'd be fine if he, uh, if he wanted to do those kind of antics and he was on our team. Because I think that would be that would be. He's tw- he's, how about this? He's twenty six. Yeah, he's a he's a former ninth overall pick. Yeah. His ca- salary cap hit is only six million. I know. He has twenty eight goals, twenty assists, yeah. in forty nine games. He's having. A, he would look great with Coyle and Hall in that he, third line. He's having a fantastic year. He really is uh, yeah. one of the few bright spots on a on a team that's just absolutely horrible. Uh, yeah. So he is a bender, but man, I'd love to see him on the Bruins. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and then the number one bender is the Bruins-Canadians rivalry. Ah, the bender. It's just, not what it, it's just not what it was. It's just no. not what it was. When um, one of the teams is bad, the rivalry isn't a rivalry anymore. It just, no. it, there, there's no juice to it when one of the teams sucks. It's like the Red Sox and the Yankees. You know, when one of the teams is bad, it, you know, you can say Yankees suck all you want or whatever it is. Uh, you know, they're in the playoffs and you're in last place. So there's no real juice to the rivalry when one of the teams is bad. So until the no. Canadians are good again and the league and the Bruins and the fans uh, and the Canadians fans all want that to happen. Like it's better when Montreal yeah. and Boston hate each other and it's yes. a and it's a and it's a hot blooded rivalry and and things are going like when pk suban was diving all over the place and and hitting hitting people and brad marchand's you know in suban's face and suban's scoring big power play goals and and carrie price is standing on his like the 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 game is better the rivalry is better when those type of things are happening they are, and I, and of course, not having postseason is hard because that's where you develop a lot of your hatred, and I think that's why Toronto, and we'll talk about the poll we had out, I think that's why Toronto is more of the rival right now because of all that postseason history they've had in the last 10 years. You know, Absolutely. It's, it's just been a lot of really good series that have been dramatic and entertaining and a little feisty. No doubt. Yeah, no question at all. All right, uh, Bruins, Benders, power rankings for this week. And uh, coming at number seven, brand new to the uh, power rankings, Tampa Bay Lightning, 18-4-1 at home. They are seventh. Number six, Winnipeg stays the same. In fact, the top six all stayed the same. Winnipeg is 6-4-0 in their last 10. Number five is Dallas. They are 5-3-2 in their last 10. Toronto Maple Leafs are 6-3-1 in their last 10. They're fourth. Third place uh, is Carolina, 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. New Jersey Devils are white hot again, 8-1-1 one one in their last 10. How about the Dougie Hamilton is having? He's got 42 points. He's going to shatter his career high. His career high is 50 points. He's going to shatter it. Um, he's in a sort of backdooring into the Norris uh, Trophy consideration. He's got like a plus 14, too. I mean, he's he's had a really great year. Uh, still don't miss him one ounce. 
but uh but i'll tell you what really good hockey player he is just, just uh we don't need him we don't want him no um and then number one your boston bruins at 38 five and four they've won six in a row they've only lost five games in regulation all year long only lost once at home in regulation all year long uh it is a it is a dream ride that you should just get on and enjoy. Yeah, all the casual fans hop on board. Plenty of rum, uh, sure, and and they are a wagon. So, uh, like I said, plenty of rum on the wagon. Everybody, come come uh, come right on board and and enjoy the ride with us. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go and uh, look at the teams. Uh, we should just call this the Bruins Benders Connor Bedard Sweepstakes Rankings now. Oh yes, let's go. Uh, yeah, so uh, these are the teams that are vying for Connor Bedard. He will be the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, this coming year, uh, coming in at number 30 or uh, third from the bottom, third best chance right now. Uh, Columbus would love to have Connor Bedard with Johnny Hockey. I think that would be a dynamic duo. Uh, that would look, uh, that would be some fun hockey to watch. Uh, and that is Tank City. They are trying like hell <laughs> to are. get that to happen. Uh, a lot yeah. of injuries there too. So uh, once the injuries happened, I think they went right into tank mode and uh, are trying to lose their ass off. Uh, yeah, sure. Number 31, or uh, second from the bottom, Anaheim with 13 wins all year. That isn't very good, folks. No. no. Uh, not very good. Uh, and no. again, Connor Bedard with Trevor Zegras would be something to watch sure on a would. nightly basis. And good thing yeah. I have ESPN Plus. <laughs> Shameless right. plug. Right. And watch those Anaheim yeah. games yeah. Uh, and the Plus. Columbus games. Yeah, so get, uh, get that ESPN Plus and you can watch all that auto market hockey. And then coming in at number 32, yo, Montreal Canadiens. They played very hard against the Bruins the other night, uh, but they still lost, and that is very, very sad. It is sad for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, it just wasn't a lot of juice to the game. I mean, Montreal came in, you know, playing hard, trying to win, but there still wasn't that real electricity. And you know no. what I really noticed was there wasn't those rushes like that the old Canadian teams would have up the ice, like, you know, just with speed, like, especially at the forum and the crowd starts to, you know, crescendo mm -hmm. that whole thing. It just wasn't there. And it, you know, the old, the old Montreal games in Montreal where it just felt like they're going to score every shift and uh, just didn't feel it. Uh, all right. Prospect spotlight. Uh, and it's our very own Michael DiPietro who joined us on the program this week. He was a third-round pick of the Vancouver Canucks in 2017, the same draft as his buddy Jack Stadnicka, uh, 64th overall. This year he's 8-1 with the Maine Mariners with a 2.56 goals against and a 9.15 save percentage. He's only 23 years old and certainly has a chance at a career in the NHL. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does, uh, you know, goalies tend to develop a little bit later. Uh, so good for him for, for sticking with it and, and, you know, going through all the transition, you know, coming across from one coast to the other, a lot going on there, but, uh, yeah, he's playing really good hockey. The main Mariners are playing really good hockey. So, uh, good for him and good for them. And, and hopefully we see him in Boston sometime soon. Do you know off the top of your head, who the other player was acquired for Jack Stanicka. No, I don't. His name is Jonathan Myrenberg, and he is a defenseman, and Jonathan is uh, playing in Sweden for Mora, uh, and he is a 6'1", 187-pound defenseman playing in uh, Sweden, and he was the other guy uh, sent over with DiPietro for Stanicka. 
I don't know if you'll ever see Jonathan Myrenberg in any NHL game or specifically for the Bruins, but he was part of the trade. Okay. Uh, all right. Week ahead, January 26th at Tampa Bay Lightning, January 28th at Florida, January 29th at Carolina, February 1st at Toronto. Kind of a gauntlet right there. Yeah, they got a tough week coming up, Ooh. tough week. Uh, and so uh, it will be interesting to see how they do. Um, you know, Nebraska's out, no six out. Um, can they, you know, sustain this? You know, I, they've they've won six in a row, so they're bound to lose soon, I would think. But, you know, I've been thinking that all year, and they have five losses. So uh, yeah. it seems like they just continue to win. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. Um, and, and also be interesting to see when they start maybe managing some minutes a little bit, you know, sure. trying to keep everybody more even, you know, you don't want your Pasternak's and your Bergeron's and your Marchand's to be over 20 minutes. You probably want them more around 18 minutes and then balance out the rest of the line. So everybody's, you know, between 14 and 16 minutes, I would say, uh, to try to balance that out. You know, do they give McAvoy and Lindholm a little bit of a breather where those guys are closer to 20 minutes than 23 and 24 minutes kind of a thing. You know, it'll be interesting to see when that kind of stuff starts happening. Um, I don't really want them to be foot on the gas all the way through just because the playoffs is such a gauntlet. Uh, I would like to see them start maybe giving some guys, not necessarily a break, but maybe just easing off on the total workload that some of those, uh, those main guys, especially the older ones, have to uh, face. Do you think they fall in love with the uh, historical aspect of this and and kind of try to win some games, like say the last fifteen games of the year, if they're if they're going for any type of record or historical aspect of this? I hope they don't. They get I hope they it? don't. I hope they don't get caught up in it because the regular season, as nice as it would be to say, oh, they beat the you know the Red Wings team that had one hundred thirty two points, um, right? You know. That's not what you want at the end of the right. day. It's that right. it's that shiny silver thing that weighs about forty pounds that uh, right. that you want to take home instead. Sure. So uh, you know, I'm I'm gearing up for the playoffs because that's going to be you know, like we've said before, it's the toughest trophy to win in all of sports because it's just a two month you know every other day grind uh, right. that just wears you down. So um, I think that's what you really need to be focusing on. I, I agree. And I think it's a Montreal team from years back that had, what, 65 wins or something. That's another one they're looking for. So mm -hmm. uh, I think it was 1977, maybe. Yep. So that's a, that's another one, too. But I'm with you. Like, let's let's forego the last, you know, 10 games of the year, and let's just try to get ready to win the Cup. Uh, all right, Bender's poll this week. Uh, and the poll was, who is the team who you despise the most? Bruins fans, and we had 339 votes on Twitter. And here were the options. Uh, the Habitants, uh, Leafs, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Rangers. Coming in fourth at 4% was the New York Rangers. We had a, some write-ins on the Capitals and Penguins. Yes. 
uh, as well. I would agree with that. Uh, and I'd agree with the, especially the Penguins because, you know, Crosby makes you angry mm-hmm. and, and they've had some playoffs with them that have been feisty. So I could see that also the Capitals, the Capitals were kind of a thorn in their side for a yeah. bit. Ovechkin's not the most likable guy well, when he's the, not in your team. Yeah. I mean, the Penguins you know. also had Matt Cook and Olf Samuelson who right. both essentially <laughs> ended know. careers of, of, right. uh, of really good Bruins. So, uh, yes. yeah, they, 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 they should definitely be on the list because yeah i don't yeah. i don't like them at all no uh coming in third bolts nation tampa bay lightning at 12 percent. coming in second the montreal canadians at 33 percent, and coming in first at 51 percent. so just over 160 ish votes went to the toronto maple leafs yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, they've had yeah. some some playoff series, and and you know, Toronto's got you a decent amount in the regular season. So there's, you know, there's some history there, and and you know, especially with the playoffs of late, you know, um, and then you have Montreal where there's still a lot of fans. I think that still hold a grudge against that team for beating the yeah. Bruins in the playoffs for so many years. So sure. there's a lot of deep seated hatred there. That that oh, sure. that hatred goes back. Uh, Toronto's more of a newer team and, and Tampa should definitely be on the list cause they've, you know, back to back cups and, and have ended your season a few times, uh, recently. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, good choices there. I would, I would put Pittsburgh on the list and take the Rangers off, but I hate, yeah. I hate all those other teams and the Capitals. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, we were in high school when, in 1988, when the, when the Bruins finally beat the Canadians after 43 straight years, whatever mm-hmm. it was. So that's, so I could see that. I mean, I still hate the Canadians for all of that, for sure. I mean, I would pick the Canadians first just because I'll, I'll never, I'll always hate the Canadians most. Yeah. You know, I, I just will. So, uh, but yeah, it was interesting. I think it's kind of easy to hate the least right now because you've, you've bested them. Yeah. They haven't really beaten you. Right. So it's almost like, yeah, we hate them, but we're kind of the big brother. Right. So it's, it's easy to kind of step on them. So let's see if they actually beat us and then the hatred will grow even more. I'm Absolutely. Sure. Um, all right. Go to inside the for Bruins Benders merchandise and follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. We're on TikTok as well. Uh, and go to inside the slash ESPN and sign up for ESPN plus watch Trevor Zegris and all the other great players in the NHL. Uh, and uh, we will see you guys again on next week. Thanks again to Michael DiPietro of the main Mariners for joining us. And thank you for listening. Have a great week. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, Bye-bye.